It has been hot. Summer will not let go. And certainly it's been hot here on the west side of the state. Even hotter over in eastern Washington. Lots of stuff still happening on farms on both sides of the state. You got got to be careful uh, working in the heat. And this has become a, a concern about labor on farms and our farm workers being protected in times of heat. Welcome back to The Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop here on KGMI. We, we talked about this just a few weeks ago with Pam Lewison, uh, the director for the Initiative on Agriculture at the Washington Policy Center. She's been following what's happening with this issue, what the, the laws and regulations say here in Washington State. Washington State wants to uh, take things a step further um, under the auspices of protecting farm workers from heat. Um, and to add to some of the political insanity that now that's been drummed up around this, uh, activists are, are trying to take this a step even further, honestly, in, kind of into crazy town. Um, and, and Pam joins us again to, to follow up on what's been happening with this since the last time we talked. Pam, thanks for being here this morning on The Farming Show. First, uh, before we talk about this uh, activist, labor activist group that's calling for a climate emergency and, you know, we need to talk about, you know, um, hazardous, anything over 75 degrees being hazardous in the field. Yeah, I'm not making that number up. We'll get to that in just a minute. But first, catch us up on what the state has been doing since we talked. They, they're trying to take this a step further as far as regulating farms um, to make sure they're protecting workers. So, uh, good morning. Thanks for having me again. Um, the current heat rules are, uh, they kick in at 89 degrees and 89 and above requires employers to provide cool drinking water to all of their employees at all times. You have to have access to shade. All employees have to be educated about um, things like what cooling down periods look like, what uh, heat stress looks like and heat illness looks like. Um, you have to have paid 10-minute rest breaks every two hours. Um, there has to be a communication system between all employees and supervisors. Um, and there has to be um, observation of all employees who are working outside. And there has to be some training um, for all employees, supervisors, anyone really, about what the heat rules are. And of course, those all have to be communicated in the preferred language of your employee. And I think something that um, people sort of overlook, particularly in uh, the ag community, is that the heat rules apply to every worker who works outdoors construction workers, um, road crews, ferry drivers, longshoremen, you name it. If you work outside for more than 15 minutes in an hour on your shift, heat rules apply to you. And, you know, as far as farming goes anyway, you know, I talk to a lot of farmers and every time if, if we discuss this issue, they're like, no, this is just, this is what we do. We talk about it. We have meetings. We have a plan. We have water. We take care of people. It's not at all in our best interest if people aren't well. We want to take care of people. 
Uh, oftentimes they feel like it's extended family. Everybody, the farmer and the farm workers are out in the weather together uh, working on this. And they're saying, of course, we're taking care of our workers. And honestly, the, the farmers that I talked to are like, if anybody isn't, and, and breaking these rules and putting people in an unsafe situation in the heat, they say those people should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. Those are the bad actors if, if and when that ever happens. And that's what I hear most, too, is that uh, by and large, the ag community wants to make sure that uh, all of their employees are safe and that they're taken care of because... Uh, as you say, the safer, the healthier you are as an employee, uh, you know, the more productive you are and the, the happier you are, the more able you are to do your job and you come back and do it again and again. Um, and not just day after day, but season after season. And in a, a state like ours where we often have this chronic labor shortage, that's critically important. Yeah. I mean, everybody's trying to somehow keep employees. Wages keep going up to try to keep people on, you know, places that maybe aren't as fun to work for are losing workers to other places that provide maybe better benefits. Or, you know, that's where the the system is, is pushing everything. And, and that's a positive by and large uh, for the worker. It would be insane to, you know, do things that make uh, someone's job, uh, not even hazardous, but just uh, extra more unpleasant than it needs to be at the same time. You know, I have worked in a lot of hot weather. You've worked in even more hot weather than me being based over there in Moses Lake. Um, it kind of comes with the, some of this stuff kind of comes with the territory, not being unsafe, but just being in the heat. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, if you, any job that you work outside, I think you're uh, acclimated to it and you're prepared for being outdoors and you know how to deal with it. You know, you, you wear a hat, you wear gloves, you're, you're, you know, most of the time you're in long sleeves because it in, it sounds counterintuitive, but it actually makes you cooler. You're sweating more. And so you're, you tend to um, cool off quicker. So there's, there are things like that, that um, you just get used to and you are, it's sort of a normal part of your day. What are the problems then first with what the state is is trying to do with this? So I think on a state level, you know, I think really the heat rules at this point seem manageable. You know, they're not they're not anything extraordinary um, because they're they're really just saying, hey, we want you to be mindful that 89 degrees and above is hot and it is. Uh, and we want you to make sure that employees have water and shade and rest and that they aren't, um, that they aren't afraid to access those things that they need when it's hot out. Uh, I think what's interesting <laughs> with this development is that we have a very small, um, sort of fringy farm worker union activist group and environmental activists picketing the governor's mansion um, asking the governor to declare a climate emergency to change the heat rules significantly lower than their current threshold, which makes no sense at all, um, particularly given the vast um, 
temperature differences between eastern and western Washington. Well, when you yeah, and 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 by the way, who we're talking about here? We're talking with Pam Lewison, uh, a Washington Policy Center here on the Farming Show. I'm Dylan Honkoop. The group you're referring to, Familias Unidas por la Justicia, uh, Farm Worker Union, uh, connected with Community to Community Development, which is not a union but also a labor uh, activist organization. These are extremist groups, and it's in some ways the same old song and dance from a, and and i should mention you know these groups claim to speak for all farm workers yet any actual farm worker that i've connected with and talked with and i've talked with a lot of folks every single time they say yeah those people don't speak for me um but whatever the case i mean they they represent a very small number of people despite what they claim then they come out, and like you said, they're doing this demonstration at the governor's office, and when you look at what they're asking for, their claim is that any, apparently any work outside in temperatures over 75 degrees are hazardous. That's when they want the state's uh, heat rules, hazardous working condition uh, rules to begin under said climate emergency they, they want to use that as a lever to try to make this whole thing happen but when you step back and think hold on 75 degrees I, I think of the the joe nichols song that's what i should have played at the beginning of this of the segment here sunny in 75 is quite frequently pointed to as the quintessential perfect day yet they're saying it's hazardous starting at 75 what right and i think that's the part that uh is sort of mind-boggling you know it's um the 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 news coverage of it i think is interesting in fact i i pulled it up specifically for our call there's a direct quote that says the key rules should apply when temperatures reach 75 not 89 because to everybody in the community 75 is already hot but to us in the field 75 feels like 90 or 100 degrees if you are working outside habitually as your job, 75 degrees is not hot, and it is certainly not 90 mm -hmm. or 100 degrees. Uh, and in fact, <clears throat> I looked it up with the heat index because my argument always is that we should be using things like relative humidity as part of our heat rules, and yeah. we don't. Yeah. Yeah, if it's if it's not as hot but super muggy, it's a lot more uncomfortable and and can be more hazardous if that's right. the condition. Right, because you you lose a lot of your body moisture a lot faster if you have a really high relative humidity. So I looked it up, and seventy five degrees with a relative humidity of one hundred percent. So it is as muggy as you can get. And we're at sea level, at 100% humidity. The heat index goes from seventy five to seventy seven. Yeah. So, and if you're working hard, yeah, you may break a sweat. Yeah, uh, I've good. done I mean, it hundreds of times just myself, and I'm no longer, you know, working day to day in the fields, but I've been there and done that so many times growing up. That's and 75 at you know, what, what's your usual humidity there on the east side 25% or below? I mean, uh, 75 degrees is a dang comfortable day at that humidity right. level. Yeah. 75 is is a pleasant day outside and um, and you know the other part of that you have to think about too is um there's very different um climates that we're talking about you know so the the other 
I think that's something that a lot of people don't realize. You look at somewhere like Bellingham, for instance, and I looked at a 90-day span, 32 days over the summer reached um, the 75-degree trigger for what would constitute heat rules over a 90-day span. Uh, in in uh, eastern Washington, in Pasco, which is arguably one of the sort of hottest parts of eastern Washington, mm-hmm. basically basically every single day <laughs> in 90 days. And, that, and, I mean, and back to the, the request for a climate emergency declaration, you know, there's stuff going on with climate change, whatever. But it's been that hot in the summer for doing farm work as long as probably anyone can remember, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this yeah. is not a new thing. And, you know, again, when you start looking at the 75 degrees, it starts making you wonder, how credible are these groups calling for this? You know, it, that, that reaches a point of, of like, okay, what is the real MO here? And then when you start looking at what they're actually asking for to happen starting at 75 degrees, and then there's another trigger that they want at 80 degrees, mm-hmm. it starts to come into view that this isn't necessarily about what they say it is. Well, right, because at 80 degrees, they're asking for hazard pay. And at 90 degrees, they're asking to be sent home with pay for the remainder of their shift. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I would so, have made a lot of money back in the day because uh, I worked an awful lot of days in, in the raspberries uh, during harvest time in particular in, in weather over 90 degrees. Uh, I would have made a, I'd have made a fortune. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably just this summer. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think, but you, I mean, you're a small uh, business owner, so you would be sending yourself home. So yeah, yeah. And I who's going to pay I, the? <laughs> I wouldn't be making any money. Um, but I would have, as a kid, I'd made a fortune yeah. off of my parents. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, you know, I think the, I still think the the other thing to keep in perspective, and I think it's interesting because farm workers think that the heat rules only apply to them. But so you have to think about the heat rules in terms of all the other people who work outside. Can you imagine our our economy in the summer when um, home builders have to say, "I need you to pay me more money on my contract because now I have to pay the people building your house hazard pay because it's eighty one degrees outside." Yeah, and sorry, uh, we're we're you know it's uh, eleven o'clock and it's gotten to ninety degrees, so everybody's going home with pay for the rest of the day. Right. Or how about every road construction crew in the state isn't working because it's 90 degrees on I-90 or on I-5? Yeah. Well, and, and then, okay, so you look at this and you say, this this doesn't make sense. It makes sense to protect people. And that's what we have rules in place for. Yet what they're asking for is, you know, it, it defies common sense. But then when you, again, look at this group and see, oh, what they want is they want to use this as a bargaining chip to make more money. Okay. It's so it's not about safety. It's maybe about money. And then you look at the group's real goals and you start digging in and, and they specifically say they're anti-capitalist. They want to see the end of capitalism. Um, Their spokesperson on this issue, Edgar Franks, um, has frequently posted about communism and Karl Marx and, ev- and has even called himself the 43-year-old Karl Marx. Uh, more recently, he was posting a, qu- a big quote from Fidel Castro saying uh, the whole world is our battlefield or something to that effect. 
this suddenly you realize this group, what they're asking for, what they stand for, and what they're trying to accomplish is incredible. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's, you know, I think the more we kind of dig into these sorts of things, what I hope people see and what I hope that, what I hope policymakers see is that we're not talking about, we're not talking about not helping people or not protecting people. What we're talking about is the difference between being able to get on about the business of getting work done versus not. And those are two very different things. Yeah. And producing food here where we do it, even though it can be hard and it can be hot versus not producing it here and importing it from places where there are no such rules and they don't care. And people are being paid $11 a day to produce the food that we eat. But apparently if it's not in our backyard, we we don't see that. And so we don't care. I, and then beyond this, this group asking for this, then it seems like they're almost using um, public and I use this term lightly, news media with air quotes, um, uh, public broadcasting, Northwest public broadcasting as, as a tool to further this, this concept. Farm workers call for climate emergency declaration in Washington is the headline um, from Northwest public broadcasting. The reporter goes on to cover in detail all of their claims um, and nary a, a, an opposing voice uh, is presented whatsoever. It's a, an absolutely one-sided article uh, that talks all about these things that we just discussed, uh, wrapping up with uh, a, a report for uh, the University of Washington Climate Impact Group showed the unequal risks faced by communities due to climate change. Well, yeah, communities do face unequal risk. Anybody in farming faces a, a different risk than maybe somebody working in a widget factory. Um, the farmer, the farm worker, people in. So what what is that proving? But it, it's presented as if it's this crisis. We have to do something about it now. It's terrible. People are being exploited. All of the the ongoing tropes of these activist groups. And it is really frustrating. Um, just about out of time. And again, talking with Pam Lewison here on the Farming Show uh, with Washington Policy Center. Explain what the governor's uh, in the state administration, uh, the governor's office said about this this request from this extremist group. Well, before I do that, I will point out a note about that um, about that report from UW. Yeah, it's it's five years old. So. Um, that report was done before any of our updated heat and smoke rules were put into place. And there's been no revisiting of that study since. Mm -hmm. So um, I find it really disingenuous for that to be tacked on to the very end of it because yeah. of how old it is and because it doesn't have any updates uh, to reflect the changes that have been made into in our safety protocols as a state. Okay, so, so uh, they were protesting at the governor's mansion and uh, saying that ha uh, hazardous working conditions start at 75 degrees. At 80 degrees, uh, workers should get hazard pay because it's so dangerous. And at 90, they should be sent home because it's too dangerous to work. Over 90 degrees, you should just shouldn't do it. Send people home, but still pay them um, the full wages. Um what did the governor's office say about this? 
So the governor's office response was, uh, I think, just pure gold. Uh, he says, at this point, a climate emergency declaration is not on the table. Oof. And this is, uh, uh, this is a governor's office that has been pretty darn friendly to this kind of labor activism in the past. Yeah, absolutely. I, it, it was surprising to me, uh, you know, we've had a governor's office that uh, typically over the last few years has not been responsive really to the needs of ag employers necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was, it was refreshing to have the governor's office sort of set this protest aside and say, this is not really something that we're going to discuss at this juncture. Well, and I think it's telling again about this group, it's credibility and the credibility of, of this extreme request that they're making. So, and again, with protests and, you know, picketing signs and all that outside the, the governor's mansion, as many things as the governor's office with these folks has gone along with and, and supported to one degree or another, this was a bridge too far even for them. And that's telling. Absolutely. I think it's certainly uh, gives you an idea that, um, you know, even for a governor who is very focused on this notion of climate change and that ag is a major player in climate change, not in a positive way, that there is a limit to what uh, the governor's office is willing to enact um, to sort of, for lack of a better description, punish uh, farmers for doing what we do. Absolutely. We're out of time. Thank you so much, Pam Lewison, for joining us this morning. She is the director of the Initiative on Agriculture at the Washington Policy Center. Uh, we appreciate your time. And more importantly, we appreciate that you're constantly following these issues and bringing the facts Uh, to light. Um, Very important work and, and thank you so much. Thank you.